0: It's good to be back here again. Again, I was here this morning. Um, that was great. So good to worship with you guys, eh? Hey? It's awesome here. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I, I was from Cup from Above. Um, we've just sort of made the decision this week to. Um, cut from above down uh, and um, uh, yeah it, it was a it was a difficult decision but um, the finances weren't there but it was also more you know a season change uh, um, seems to be time for uh, season changes you know, here a lot of that going on at the moment um, Yeah, so we made the painful decision to, to do that um, But it's, it's as painful as it is there's this beautiful new thing that's already started um, on the day we shut down one of the guys who's been involved We've cut for above since 2012, like right at the start. And he's into witchcraft and all this stuff. Um, he gave his heart to the Lord on the last day. Um, he's been journeying all that time. And another guy who, yeah, amen. Another guy who was an alcohol, he was in our program. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he saw Michael giving his heart to the Lord. And he's like, I want in too. I want what you guys have got. <laughs> so you we know, had two on the last day and then last night we had our like farewell celebration and um i i don't know if a, a lot of people aren't aware of this when i speak at churches and that we, we deliberately set up cup from above to be a secular charity or you know organization because you know how can a cafe be christian right and uh so i wanted everything that we were doing like you know it was just me as a christian barista that was seeing like you know heaven brought down in there but we wanted it to be like an expression for all the churches to get involved, but also, you know, just the community as well. And so we've been really purposeful over the years to be inclusive of people, of, you know, different faiths, uh, you know, atheists. And uh, we've had a couple of Satanists on, you know, involved over the years and, uh, um, and, you know, it's been really deliberate about being diverse. And then last night I was sort of talking it, to the crew as if you know i had this diverse community and was keeping it low down on the christian stuff and then i realized like every single person there uh ha- had come to faith at some point during the journey of uh cut from above and i'm like you know you guys have ruined the diversity you know <laughs> uh, so i end up being a christian cafe uh, so you know the best god wins right <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah, so that was, that's where we're at right now. Like we, about a year ago, we set up Liberty Enterprises. because you know, we we're doing like, uh, lawn mowing and, uh, we had a drug dealer in the community who, uh, had this amazing encounter with God. And, uh, he quit dealing drugs and started a lawn mowing business and, um, and, you know, we were sort of working with him and we're like, you know, people were asking like, well, It's cut from above, and then we're doing lawn mowing and all this stuff. So we we set up Liberty Enterprises, you know, from Isaiah 61, proclaiming liberty to the captives. And uh, that was sort of like the anthem of everything that we wanted to do. So that's what we called it. Um, And so we're going to continue with that. And uh, we're not sure exactly what that looks like. uh, But that's where we're going to go. So stepping uh, timidly into that at the moment. Um, yeah, I wanted to share from, uh, Romans 5, <coughs> I'm really sick of the moment, I'm high on pseudoephedrine, so, uh, if I pass out, call an ambulance, um, Romans 5, 3, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. Now, just before that, in Romans 4, it says, uh, um, it's, it's the, the passage is talking about Abraham, right? Like Abram stepping out to the voice of I am. And he's, he's secure and comfortable. Uh, and uh, he gets, he, all he's got is this voice leading him with a promise to be the father of many nations and he steps out on that promise Um, it's incredible and there's this great verse that just rocks me every time just in just before that Romans 5 one um, in the presence of the God in whom he believed who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist ah Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of uh, many nations. It's incredible. And it's not natural to, uh, when we face our tribulations, our natural ten- well, my natural tendency is to run away from it and uh, to not persevere through it. That's not what we do when we go through these heavy things, you know, in life, we want to run from it. And I've seen it with uh, with the addicts I deal with every day, you know, that um, they're running from something generally. Yeah. Running from the pain and they're masking it with, you know, marijuana, crystal meth. Um, but we do it as Christians as well. But we, you know, we're not allowed to smoke weed, so we do it with... But we've got to soothe ourselves somehow, so, you know, we give to the poor or we you know, volunteer a cup from above. Oh, man, how many Christians have I dealt with who were like running from something, trying to feel good and earn God's love. Ah, oh, man. It's not good. Like, you know, it feels good. But it's not, it's not actually getting to the core of things. It's just running. And it's fear that propels us that way. Love propels us into it. To persevere through the tribulation. And tribulation is different for everyone, right? Like, um, we've all got our tribulation. Just me chatting about it, right, you're probably thinking about what your tribulation is. Um, and it's, you know, it's not stubbing your toe. It's like it's, tribulation is real stuff. For Paul, like, it was being shipwrecked and being flogged and near beaten to death or you know, being stuck in a Roman prison. You know, they're tribulations. We've all got our tribulation that uh, defines us. And uh, that, that that we've got to work through that, um, that well, the love of God really should define us. And then what we go through refines us through that journey, right? Anyway, I wanted to share my... um my tribulation. <laughs> uh, every time I've come to Rivers, I've, it's stirred it up, and I really wanted to share it, so this time, because uh, it's something I've been journeying through. Um, my grandparents um, lived just down the road here um, many years ago, and um, <clears throat> my grandfather was a, a really violent man, and uh, um, one day my grandma got enough courage to um, to leave him and announce it, packed her bags, and uh, when when she told him, he snapped and, and murdered my grandmother just down the road from here, a long time ago. And the the worst thing about it is that my mum was there and witnessed the whole thing, and she was orphaned through that experience. I like, said, so, you know, my granddad went off to prison, and. Uh, uh, she was um, went off to stay with extended family, and they were almost equally abusive as uh, her original family, and she went through all that. And um, my old man had a similar sort of childhood; he was given up for adoption, and uh, and uh, both of them sort of came to faith more or less, but but you know they didn't persevere through their uh, tribulations, and. Um, So I was born out of that marriage, and uh, my parents had just a very dysfunctional marriage because they never really dealt with their stuff. I don't want to say too much there, but um, uh, at uh, eventually my mum sort of uh, got the courage up to leave my old man, and uh, she she was scared that the same thing was going to happen to her, right? So instead of you know really turning to God through it, she she uh, joined a cult, and. um, And uh, that gave her strength and that gave her the support she needed to to get out of it, but it went into something so much worse, you know. Oh man, it was um, a really uh, horrific time for me. And um, in the cults, they had the... the, the, cults by uh, definition are insular. They don't encourage relationships outside of it, right? And so you're either in or you're out and uh, they control it well you know it depends on the cult but they control everything about you and um, uh, they um, convinced my mum that she was a prophet and that she had to give me up as a, as, um, my, as a mother i remember saying to me I think it was 16 or 17 that um, is that using the verse from Matthew 10, do not think that I've come to bring peace, no, but a sword to separate father against son and whatever. And, and uh, I remember she had this, it was such an unusual conversation, hey, to have with your mum. And I'm like, I'm like, are you breaking up with me, mum? <laughs> Funny, but it's, yeah, it was so painful. And the culture of like, Christianity, what's so beautiful about it is this thing of adoption and that this loving father that to who wants who's trying to make excuses to adopt anyone, you know, Uh, and the nature of like anything that's opposite from that is to uh, is rejection and and abandonment and and rules and religion. (sighs) that was so difficult, and I, I, I limped out of that cult eventually, I sort of, I don't know how I did that at the time, huh, and um, I was broken for years and I sort of saw all that and I was really embarrassed, like it's embarrassing to talk about that, I was embarrassed about, you know, the murder of my family um, and I, I saw that as a, um, something that was always going to hold me back and I had to avoid it to be successful somehow. Ah, and I tried for years to earn God's love, like, you know, by, and then finding the right church. And, um, and I pursued knowledge, like, I thought, you know, I've got to defend myself from ever going back into something like that. And so I learned a lot about God. But, you know, that doesn't work. Trust me, it doesn't work. And I remember I was still hungry. And I'd seen, um, if any of you have followed my blog, you've, like, I started seeing amazing miracles from the age of 17. And that was still going on all through that time. Like, I, it was happening through, like, around me, but not despite of me. You know, like, um, And so I knew God was real, but I had this like, hunger. I just didn't, but I didn't know what it was. I'm like, uh, I was praying for it. I was hungry for it. And um, I think I've shared this bit before here, so I'll, I'll say this quickly. But I, one day I was uh, I was driving to the shops, and I felt God tell me to go up to this these other shops, like another 15 minutes up the road. It didn't sort of make sense, so I went there anyway, and um, I ran into this pastor named Robin. i have heard him preach once before, and it really just resonated with me. I'm thinking, well, this has got to be it, right? So I go up to him, and he's this. London lad, you know, he's really rude and outspoken, and he's like, what do you want, you know, and i like, I don't know, <laughs> and uh, and he just fobbed me off, I'm like, oh, okay, um, and then I ended up running into him at the shops again, I'm like, this has got to be it, so I sit down, and God spoke to him, and he said to uh, disciple me and take me under his wing, you know, and he did, and I spent a few years, like, uh, with, with Rob, and, um, it's just incredible, and Rob. I mean, we're such good mates now, um, and his his theology is terrible. <laughs> but and I just sit everything. Even now, I disagree with him. Like he likes Donald Trump, you know. <laughs> I mean, um, but you know, um, but he had this love, you know, and he had traversed something similar to me and. Ah oh, man, and he taught me to directly connect, you know, with my heavenly Father. He became like a spiritual dad, you know. It talks about that in 1 Corinthians 4:15 that there might have ten thousand teachers, but very few fathers. And ah uh, oh, man, it was such a powerful time. And I remember him saying that verse, uh, that from Romans 4, <clears throat> the God in whom he believed who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. I remember sitting on his couch and him telling me that, and it just coming alive. I mean, I'd read it before, I knew it in my brain, but you know, it came alive, you know. And uh, he uh, also told me, you know, just about waiting on the Lord. You know, I I could pray, but just waiting on the Lord in the quiet place, you know, just one on one with my heavenly Father. And I remember the day. I remember the instant where um, I connected with my heavenly Father, like for the first time, like, and it became like. I just knew it was new and and um, like I could sense it, but I, like in my skin, you know, it was intense, but um, I felt loved, you know, And everything that was taken from me, um, in my family was restored, you know And it says, you know, Ephesians 1: 17, "The eyes of your heart be enlightened to the truth, that you'll know that you know, that you're an adopted son of God." And I, I was aware of that. We've only got one word in English, like, you know, I know that. You know, you ask someone, you, what, what's skydiving? And, you know, like, oh, you could describe it, but you don't know skydiving unless you've experienced skydiving. You know, like, but we've only got, I know what skydiving is. Someone might, but you don't know it until you've experienced it, right? Ah, <clears throat> oh, man, that that one encounter with god man like i have waves of it and i've had it since now i still wait on the lord and um um and that's that's where my source of strength is from even today but that one encounter like man that kept me going the last six years you know like long days uh, um caring for the most lost people and broken people um And it wasn't as simple as that it wasn't just a, an encounter there was also like all the all the stuff that I've been through all that tribulation there was I had to work through that you know and I went and saw a christian psychologist and read all the books as well, like just a journey through that so it's it's more than just that and uh and also waiting on the Lord and then going through all that stuff that and 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 talking it through with God you know all the violence that i like, I went through and um, and taking that to my Heavenly Father directly. I persevered through that, and it's painful every time doing it, like, <sighs> all the tears. But um, shortly after that season, I get ripped off and ended up with a cafe in Aspley. <laughs> uh, uh, now, what's really crazy about that. Like I didn't pick the location, right? The guy who ripped me off didn't. And uh, it was, it's 700 meters from where I grew up and all that tribulation for me uh, happened, you know, 20 years ago. I'm like, oh man, Satan's bringing me back, you know. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it's obviously not that, but I, I wasn't happy about it for 10 years. I mean, I was, like, 10 years ago, I was living on the Sunshine Coast, living in a penthouse, I had a fantastic job. Um, like, it, you know, things were things were good. And then, like, you know, 2012, I'm back in Aspley. <laughs> but um, God had a plan for redemption, you know. And uh, even though I was up there and I had all that stuff, you know, all that, like, it, my life looked good. But there was all this unresolved stuff that, you know, God wanted to redeem in me and through me, I guess, and, and journey with me. in. So I ended up back there. and I really didn't think it was a good thing. I didn't think there was anything that was going to happen. And, um, you know, I prayed in, in the cafe. I said, God, I don't know how you're going to use this place, but i give you permission to use it in me. I offer this place and myself as a living sacrifice. And that's it it all started, you know, like um, um, people just started coming in in crisis every single day. And uh, I was looking back at the photos um, just this week, you know, just reflecting on the journey. And I'd forgotten, like, there was just in the first few months, several fugitives on the run from the law. Ended up at Cup from Above. Like, it became a thing. Like, you know, when it was time to repent, you know, go to Cup from Above and see the priest at the cafe. So That's what they thought I was actually a priest, you know, which is probably theologically more correct, right? Like, uh, but, uh, so we went with Cafe Chaplain instead, but, you know, um, but it was really unusual in those first times. I was just drawn to it. And and I understand now that like, because of what I journeyed through and what God had done in me that I I had the hope that doesn't disappoint. And that's what... They weren't coming for a cup of coffee. They weren't coming for food. You know, I was seeing you guys doing that when helping hurts thing. So good. Oh, man. Homeless people don't need houses. You know, they need homes. They need relationships. Restoration. And that's, man, so much of Christianity is about um, getting people to say a prayer, you know, like you're going to hell, guilt, say the prayer, hallelujah, wait to go to heaven. And it's this, oh man, it's so much more. And we had churches come in like with these weird tracks. So we'll give you money if you you put on Hillsong and give away these weird tracks to like guilt people into heaven. I'm like yeah, nah, that's not what we're about, hey. <laughs> Terrible. It's love, you know. People want to know their heavenly father. They want that, you know. When you get that, you don't need a program. You don't. You don't even need a cafe. Like, well, I'm hopefully I'm going to prove that <laughs> um, with my next step of my journey that, you know. Um, we don't need these things. Once you get that, you can just be shopping or whatever, and God will orchestrate those events, you know, to see people set free. So people are hungry for it. Just got to let our light shine. Yeah. Mm. We had um. I want to. I think there's a few people from this morning so we're going to try and mix up the stories but we had um Jordan who Jordan's mum Jenny who came in really early on and she's, she's <laughs> she walks up to the counter a cup from above and says uh, you know are you the priest and uh, <laughs> I like well, I guess so this is like maybe August 2012 and uh, she said, like, you know, her son's uh, just been charged and um, he tried to commit suicide and, um, and uh, you know, he's looking at jail time and he's got nowhere else to go. Can he come here? And uh, so, you know, I met with Jordan and we welcomed him in and he had, had, he had just endured all this violence his whole life. For him, that was normal. And he had been down in uh Aspery Acres Caravan Park, and um, it was his 17th birthday. And because he was celebrating, like, a couple of days after his 17th birthday, um, he was charged as an adult. And this... Aspie Acres was a really dark place. It still is pretty bad. Um, do you guys know about Aspie Acres? caravan park near... in? Yeah. It's really full on. We dealt with a lot of stuff there over the years. And... Um, this guy was um, threatening his mum, you know, and uh, he'd drunk quite a fair bit, and um, he, um, he overcompensated, and he had seen a life of violence. The only thing that he knew was, you know, wh- with what his dad had taught him was to respond with violence. So um, he defended his mum, which was a good thing, but yeah, nearly killed the guy. And... Um, yeah, and then you know, he shared that story with me, and he was like, you could see the remorse in his face. And um, and he had nothing to live for, you know, and like he didn't have, like he had his mum, but um, he had nothing. And he was looking, he's 17, and heading off to prison for who knows how long. And so we welcomed him in, and like yeah, you know, we had no money, we had nothing, and, and um, but you know we we could give him love and friendship and a and, and a community. So we welcomed him in, and uh, he learned coffee. And uh, he went to court. We supported him up to court, and and uh, we um, the judge gave him seven months, which you know was pretty significantly reduced because of all the great work he'd been doing in the community and you know, we really barrack for him. And um, He did seven months. His mum picked him up from Woodford Prison, drove him straight from prison to a cup from above and he had a cup of coffee, went home, slept and came back the next day and continued his training. Just incredible. He came to faith, I can't remember, at some point during that journey, like after he got back from prison. Just incredible. And uh, he got a job he stayed in that same job for three years, which he's, he's not doing that now, but um, the chance for the, you know, someone getting out of prison and getting a job and staying in the same job for three years is a statistical anomaly. Yeah, just incredible. And that's what it's about. Like, Well, that's what I think it's about. So I'm just about seeing people saved in the, in the sense of you know, like the spiritual side of things, but you know, sozo. Saved, healed, delivered, made whole. And that includes, from my perspective, and what I work towards every day. That's you know employment and purpose and every factor of life. That's the opportunity we have. How are we going for time? Keep going. Yeah, okay. Now, I wanted to share this, you know, that, that um, like God can turn around, God can redeem the situation. We have to step into that stuff and journey through it. Um, and there's there's a miracle on the other side, of the hope that doesn't disappoint. I actually wanted to say that on the homeless thing. I shared that this morning. We had so many homeless folk uh, come into the cafe. Um, there was, I remember asking one lady, I'm like, you she, can't, she sort of sounded like adamant, like, and like, I'm behind the counter at the cafe, and, uh, you know, she asked for a coffee and then and said something about, you know, can, can she get a house as well? I'm like, yeah, well, we can talk about that, but, like, who sent you here? And then she said she called up the um, Queensland Department of Housing and. Um, Department of Housing sent her to cup from above for our housing program. And, you know, we didn't have a housing program. I was just praying for homeless people, and they would, you know, their hope was restored, and they went and got homes. <laughs> and enough of them got homes that, you know, the Queensland government heard about it, and QPS as well, so the police were sending homeless folk to us. And, um, you know, they were getting homes. And I was kind of like, I thought, you know, I was a little bit, you know, Timid about that at the start. I was like, "Well, that isn't that actually what we want to see happen? That their hope is restored, and then, and th- that's actually the issue. You know, we don't need housing programs. We just need hope <laughs> and restore and build people up, and then you know they get their own homes." Um, we had this one South African family. I'll share this story because it's great. Now, actually. I'll share this first bit. So I'd written down my mission statement, my personal mission statement. It's something that I wanted to anchor to every single day because um, you know, it was pretty full on work. And um, of course, you know, I pray every day, but I wanted to just what was my sort of guiding uh, mission. The purpose of my life is to bring heaven to earth through loving, inspiring, motivating, educating, and examining it to every single person around me. That's my mission. I wrote that down, and then a few days later, um, this family comes in, and they're like, you know, so a kid with a disability in a wheelchair, and and really intense behaviours as well. The dad had um, was hearing impaired, and there was like seven in the family all up. Oh, and the the husband was. Um, a really violent criminal um, and had done all this stuff so he was on kind of on the scene as well so it's just such a messy situation fortunately he wasn't there that one day anyway you know south african family they're like in hysterics and like yelling at me and carrying on and um and i'm trying to like work the cafe as well you know and uh, <clears throat> so i say to him you know, write the miracle down write what you want down on this piece of paper and uh eventually they did and they write down the miracle on a piece of paper and uh you know it was something ridiculous like your four bedroom home for 350 bucks a week and wheelchair access and all this stuff i'm like yeah it's gonna be a miracle if they get that and i'm uh, trying to conceal my um doubt you know <laughs> uh anyway so we pray for it right we're um, and we all hold hands in the back of the cafe and i'd always try and keep things as um uh, inconspicuous as possible, um, but you know it was difficult. Uh, anyway, so we, you know, we're holding hands. We're praying at the back of the cafe, and in walks this journalist, um, uh, and uh, you can sort of tell. You know, she had the notepad and all that. She starts interviewing people. kind of looking at that out of the corner of my eye, and like, oh well, you know, we're busted. And uh, so we keep praying, and um, you know, uh, they've got their thing. And they leave. <clears throat> then um, I'm chatting, I do my interview with this journalist. And she was like, you know, sussing out what uh, Cut from Above was about. And uh, that happens. Uh, she leaves. Uh, a few days later, the South African family found a home, moved in, and they were set. You know, they got their miracle, which is great. And then two weeks later, the um, front page of the newspaper was Help is Heaven Sent. Cup from above. <laughs> How, how's that, eh? And what, what the really powerful thing is, I'd just written down the mission statement that um, the purpose of my life is to bring heaven to earth. And by chance of fate, you know, it's the front page of the newspaper a couple of days later. And that's, you know, I think that's what it means to be salty. We use it like, you know, salt's meant to be a preservative, and we've got to be like the nerdy preservative types in the community. And Jesus said, uses it in the example of taste. We're going to be tasty, you know. And if we're not tasty, we're going to be thrown out and trampled underfoot, you know. But if we're really in the community doing tangible things, you know, the, we're we're tasty, you know. And that's you know, Capernaum was great, you know. At the start, it was terrible. It was not tasty. It was like nothing, right? You know. But then, because we included all these like artists in the community, it was like you know, it was just. It was a, ended up a really cool place, you know, and there was uh, graffiti everywhere, and it was tasty, you know, and, um, and it had impact. Mm. That's my story. <laughs> Any questions? yeah 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 so it's it comes from waiting on the Lord, like we want to pray, and it's not like like I used to think about like you know if I have enough faith that I could um convince God to be generous to give me some love you know or convince god to help the homeless person or you know it just doesn't work like that that's i used to think that but it's that's not it and there's something about like this journeying with god um you know, persevering through it you just develop this history with god you know and um, it's the hope that doesn't disappoint, right, through a relationship. So it's not like, there's some things I believe in, in, in like Noah's Ark, you know, like, I, you know, yeah, okay, I kind of believe in that, like biblically or whatever, but I haven't, I, didn't, I haven't been on Noah's Ark, you know. I don't know if that's actually real or not, in the same way that I know the love of God, you know. And like, you've got family, right? Like, you love your kids, and that's, that's the most real thing for you and the universe, you know. Um, and so it's getting that place of like spending the time investing to do that. That's not easy when you're busy, like, you know, to take the time to sacrifice that time to spend it with your Heavenly Father. Like, that's, that's not easy. And it's getting that place and, and not doing it from a place of fear, but just wanting to know and be known by your Heavenly Father. Um, yeah does that answer the question kind of that's my best answer (laughs) um anything else if anyone wants prayer for uh any of this stuff like you know um persevering through tribulation you know anything like that um i think you guys have got like a meeting just after but maybe up the back or outside i'm happy to pray with you guys hey um so let me know and yeah thanks for having me here again tonight and I hope my story uh, encourage you guys. So, cheers.